Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and today we are talking SEC Championship, recapping LSU's victory as they take down the Georgia Bulldogs by a score of 37-10. Yet your LSU Tigers are SEC champions. We'd like to welcome Josh Lemoyne. As always, y'all can find him on Twitter at LSUFBallTruth. Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Look, it's a real good time to be an LSU Tiger fan. Uh, Man, heck of a game, but it pretty much played out how we thought it would, Charles. really did. No, it did. But, Josh, let's let's take it in this and just initial reaction. I didn't Mm -hmm. expect LSU to – dominate as much as they did to be honest I thought Georgia was going to put up more of a fight and and this offensive line we heard about man you know you you look at yardage wise rushing Georgia had 61 yards I think I saw the fewest for them since 2014 yeah and it's like man this is a talented offensive line and look DeAndre Swift was hurt but they still have five stars back there in the backfield you know they're loaded and they couldn't do anything against LSU's defense LSU's defense yet again comes out, answers the call, and, you know, they did, I guess they didn't take the criticism well because they dominated Georgia. And, look, I, I think you take it with a grain of salt in terms of what Georgia was able to do from a whole game plan because they didn't have uh, their, their receivers. Look, you saw whenever uh, Pickens got in, he scores a touchdown, you know. So, but other than that, Josh, it was like, man, LSU just completely dominated this game. And if you take the points that we – left on the field, mm-hmm. you look at LSU scoring close to 50 points in this game. Yeah. No, nah, Charles, you're, you, you're right. I mean, it was – LSU should have had it somewhere in the mid-40s, more, you know, drop touchdown, missed field goal. Um, you know, when you, you mentioned when you started, Charles, that you didn't, you didn't think they would pretty much handle it – handle Georgia from start to finish like that. And I, I, I agree with that because when, uh, when I spoke on numerous platforms, I thought it would be – kind of close headed into you know the third and LSU would kind of pull away as Georgia couldn't quite keep up with the scoring but man like like you said it, it, LSU just took it to him pretty much from the start uh, and you look at a guy like Jake Fromm I said it I said it on numerous shows on here is that LSU was going to force him to get out of his comfort zone and make him you know make passes and make plays and could he do it look I had numerous scouts be texting me and you know just saying uh giving me that sign like I really think he hurt his draft stock in that game because you seen when it was on him he got picked off a couple times it just looked it didn't look great didn't look crisp and you know if you're an NFL scout you want to see uh, you know your quarterback able to make a few plays uh but yeah uh, it's just initial reaction to it all I mean LSU played their game and it was a dominant performance um, overall. And I, I like the fact that the defense now, Charles, for three weeks in a row has been consistent. 114 yards against Arkansas. On, nah, for, th- uh, th- th- throw Arkansas out. Come on, Josh. For rushing, look, for I'm talking about rushing yards here. 114. I'm just I'm talking about their trending right. And then, you know, Texas A&M, 91 yards. And then, like you said, 61 yards. I was, when I read that, I was like, holy. So 61 yards, you know, I so said, I just think the defense is trending right. And, you know, I think they're finding themselves at the perfect time, you know, for LSU. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. Josh, what happened with Jake Fromm? You know, Jake Fromm, freshman year to what we see now. I, I know he didn't have his best pass catchers, but Georgia's talented. You know, Georgia yeah. is a top five, top three class the past three years. I know they have talent at receiver, and I know they lost guys, but they're still talented. And it's like Jake Fromm has really just fallen off from where he was two years ago. Yeah, I mean, he. we don't want to say regress, but at this point, you watch that film. I mean, he has regressed. I mean, and then the, you watch him in that game, and it just looked like he's just – it's a struggle for Jake to go out there and make plays. You know, I guess some of it has to do with the talent. They lost their uh, five top pass catchers for uh, from last year. You know, they go to the NFL. I uh, heard that stat today on one of the shows. So, yeah, that's, that's hard. But, man, they still, like you said, they got talent on the team. You know, I can't pinpoint exactly what happened to Fromm, and so you might see him. If I'm not mistaken, he can come back, right, Charles? I think he's a junior, so yeah, if he can. So. Yeah, I, I think you might see him come back. Start of the season, they'll talk about him as a late first round guy. I just, it's just, that's just not the case anymore. So yeah, you might see Fromm come back to Georgia next year, but you know, and you think what they did, they let Easton go, they let you know Justin Fields go, and we see what those guys have turned out to be, especially Fields. Man, you know, that's, that's, that's a tough one right there, you know. So we'll see how, how it goes moving forward. Yeah, look, I agree with you there. It's just to me it's crazy that you mm-hmm. have a guy that in, in that game against Alabama, I mean, it was an instant classic. Yeah. You know, against Tua. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tua continues to progress. And from, I mean, even last year, it was like, what's going on over there? You know, kind of crazy to think about. Josh, look, we kind of talked about offensive line, off-air, I was really impressed with LSU with that 61-yard number because Georgia was by far the best offensive line LSU's played. Look, even in this Final Four that that LSU is in that we'll be breaking down in a couple of weeks, I don't think they're going to see an offensive line as good as Georgia's. I, I thought that our defensive line played well, especially interior. I mean, Tyler Shelvin had a really good game. You know, Siaka Aika has been playing extremely well. He's progressed throughout the year, which you expected from a guy like him. And the depth on the inside is... Man, Josh, compared to last year, it's like night and day difference. And, and you were able to blitz guys. Aranda was able to go in his bag because you're starting to get healthy on defense. How big is that? You know, with A&M, you, you're really looking healthy in that game. And in this game, it's like, where are the injuries, you know, yeah. going forward? This defense seems healthy. No, I, I, they're healthy at, at the right time. And I don't think Coach O gets enough credit for managing that. We talked about that last week. I brought it up that, you know, earlier in the season, some people were kind of frustrated with, you know, with them, Charles, like, oh, this guy's going to sit out. No, some of it was suspension and, you know, we won't get into all that, but he was holding guys out. that were Coach's decision, right. So, uh, but people were kind of getting aggravated. Well, man, if he can play, he could play. I think Coach O really understood where this team could be. And he was managing these guys and their health for exactly this, man. They're they're healthy. You, You see, nobody's injured. And, you know, they're playing at the top of their game right now, and it, it's it's good to see. I, I think having the three-safety look, Charles, and what I mean, and we covered this last week, being able to bring that other guy up, it's just big. You've seen it in this game. I've seen Jacoby Stevens and Delpit how many times. You've seen him around the line of scrimmage again, holding these guys to 61 yards. And LSU will not see an offensive line as good as this uh, moving forward. Ohio State has talent on our offensive line. They absolutely do. But these Georgia guys, Every one of them guys are going to end up in the NFL. Three of them are going to be high draft picks. So, yeah, I mean, LSU did a hell of a job against a, a, a talented offensive line. So, 
you know, kudos to that defense and Coach Aranda scheming it up, like you said, and being able to send a blitz. Uh, you know, it's 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 really trending upwards for this defense. Yeah, look, I think Clemson's got a good uh, line as well. But, you know, you look at both sides of the line of scrimmage. I thought LSU's offensive line dominated this game as well in certain aspects. I, I think some of it was Joe's athleticism, Josh. You saw mm-hmm. him scramble. And it was similar to last year's game where he was, in a way, not entirely forced. Guys were covered downfield, and, and the field was open. And Joe took it. The only difference is this time Joe got hit once running the ball uh, compared to that other game where he took some shots. But you saw this offensive line. Look, you talk about guys getting rest. Sadiq, uh, coach's decision half the season hasn't played. Uh, you see him having fresh legs. You see this offensive line has been playing really well and have gotten better and better. And in certain aspects, Josh, this defensive line of Georgia might be better than Auburn's. Yeah, no, I mean, when you look at it as far as uh, probably overall talent, yeah, they, they probably are. I, I guess you can make that argument. I just think Georgia's kind of missing that flash guy with this team. And you, it was brought up before this game, Charles, that Georgia didn't really have that that you know, that edge guy, the guy can really pressure the quarterback. They kind of just play steady all season. You know, they didn't have a lot of sacks. And we've seen that in this game. Uh, Joe was able to, like you said, take off, running, move. He has got so comfortable, Joe. I mean, uh, Charles, excuse me, in, in this offense, that he, he can just feel it. He looks at his progressions. He looks at his reads. And when it's not there, you know, before last year, you see him, he just, it didn't, like he could quite get off the spot sometimes. It'd be slow, it'd be methodical. But now he knows, man. He, he looks at read one, two, three, and four. Whatever, and if, if it's not there, I love how he's so, all right, I'm going. You know, I'm out, I'm out the pocket. So it's, you know, it's, that just adds an, another thing for this offense that's so frustrating for these other defenses. And he, he ran quite a bit in this Georgia game, you know, and, and that frustrates a defense. And eventually he's going to catch you with one of them passes, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a thing I think LSU took full advantage of. According to PFF, Joe Burrow's NFL passing rating under pressure this year is 146.5. Dating back to 2013, that's the highest by 30 points. Yeah, if you've seen, I, yeah, I posted, uh, I tweeted one out. I think he's the highest that PFF has ever graded. I think I tweeted out um, for a lot of those under pressure stats, which is crazy. And it's not close, like you said. Yeah, look, all-time rank, uh, this comes from uh, Pro Football Focus yeah. stats. Yards per attempt, 11.7 touchdowns, he's first. Completion percentage at 66 is first. Adjusted completion percentage is first. Passer rating first. And this is all-time, under pressure. Yeah. I, I mean, his elusiveness, his athleticism. I, I saw, you know, CBS was talking a lot about this Tom Brady comparison because someone brought it up. I can't remember who it was, but Joe's more athletic than Tom yeah. Brady at the end of the day. and. You know, they said, oh, the Heisman moment. Josh, we've seen so many Heisman moments from Burrow this year that it's like, it's just, I'm kind of used to it. You know, on that play where he's scrambling and they called it a Heisman moment when he threw it to uh, Justin Jefferson. Josh, I'm sitting there thinking, what's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? This is usually when quarterbacks make a mistake. Right. And you don't see, the, you don't see where the ball is going, all of a sudden it's intercepted. That's not what happened here. And yeah, give credit to Justin, but give a lot of credit to Joe for eluding the rush for getting the ball where it needed to go. And look, you see it time and time again. I mean, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy in a few days. There's yep. no doubt about it. Will he be the best like the best Heisman that we've seen in a very long time? Very possibly. Josh, I think he may 
have the largest margin of victory ever in a Heisman Trophy race. Yeah, no, that's highly possible. Um, you hear a lot of people talking about that that aspect, and it's, I mean, when to me, and if you're, a, you know, a writer, a, a Heisman voter, Charles, like, think about, if you're going to vote for somebody other than Joe, and, you know, I, Charles, I'm not sure, did do they release the names who who those guys voted for, or is that I, kept? I think they do. Man, because if I just can't, I, I think the credibility that the individual would lose if they didn't vote him, you know, number one on their list. I just he's and, one of the greatest college pastors we've seen in a long, long time. You know, so yeah, and, and it's a point system too. So look, yeah, I, I think there'll be a, a couple of people that'll probably throw Jalen Hurts in that cover him. You probably will see. Uh, one or two for the quarterback out of Oregon who wasn't even a finalist. I mean, your finalist, and and we were going to get into this conversation, might as well just have it now, but yep. the finalist being Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State, Justin Fields, our quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and, and Burrow. So I think you're going to see, you know, a few votes go to a guy like Chase Young. I mean, look, you've seen that conversation. And, and then you're, you'll see, you know, a guy like Justin Fields get some uh, recognition as well. But Josh, I think there's going to be a huge discrepancy in points from first and second place. And, and, you know, just imagine if the voters saw Chase Young like college football saw Reggie Bush. Because why he was suspended was very similar to what Reggie Bush was suspended for and ultimately lost his Heisman. Reggie wasn't suspended, but he lost his Heisman because of it, you know, receiving benefits before he was done with football or collegiate football. And, And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, He's, to me, he shouldn't even be in the conversation. So this margin should be even greater at the end of the day. But, yeah. I mean, it, there's no doubt in my mind that he's won. I saw that it's uh, the odds are like negative 50,000, <laughs> which means uh, you have to bet $50,000 to win 100, I think is what it was. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> you right. know? And you think about, Josh, have you seen the guy that bet uh, early on, he bet $100? And he could be making, or it's like fifty dollars. He could be making ten thousand dollars on Sunday. Yeah, I guess what he he bet on Joe win the Heisman very early in the year. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, good for him, man. I wish I had that, but <laughs> I wish I did as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, good for him. But it, yeah, it just shows you what people were kind of what we all kind of thought of. And I'm 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 just as guilty. And I know you. I know what you kind of thought about him. We didn't think he he was going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. We knew he was going to have a better year. But man, you know, it's he's definitely exceeded every expectation I think we, we had for him. And look, even early in the season, because, you know, Jalen Hurts is putting up big numbers and you thought, man, LSU's got a really difficult schedule at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, they got over the Texas hump. That was huge. But you still have to, you know, you had to get over Florida, Auburn, yep. A&M, and Alabama and then get to an SEC championship, which to me shouldn't even matter at the end of the day. But apparently voters take that into account, too. Which, Josh, at the end of the day, it's not fair if you're going to compare what uh, Burrow did and then you like Wisconsin's running back, who to me should be in this conversation as well. But it, it's kind of crazy how all this voting is gone. But it's, it's wild to imagine what we saw from a Burrow last year who had completion issues, you know, to what we're seeing from Burrow this year. The system, everything has just progressed and propelled this offense so much that it's unrecognizable. And it's funny. You know, a quote we didn't talk about last week, Josh, was Kirby Smart. They asked him about getting this film on LSU and game planning defensively. said he was excited to game plan against us until he turned the film on. And <laughs> I, think, I think Oklahoma, Ohio State, or Clemson 
uh, if we make it to the championship game, are going to be saying the same thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 the Saints offense. I've heard it numerous times now from from guys on the national circuit. And the fact that he's got Joe has got so comfortable in this offense and Coach O mentioned that, damn, he said, man, Joe could call the plays if, 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 he, if we wanted. You know, he's that smart with it. Um, I think a big aspect of it all as far as him with the Heisman and stuff, that he's a graduate, you know, already and he's taken a couple classes online. He just looks like an NFL guy prepared on the field now. I've seen some, you know, big name NFL guys tweet out that the game has slowed for Joe. The game has slowed down for Joe. And I think what, what they're referring to is just you could see it on the field. He, he sees it before it happens. He's prepared before the snap. He's just running a show. You know, I don't like comparing anybody to Tom Brady, you know, anything like that. But it's just it, it's he's in full control of the offense and he knows where he's going to go. You know, not just his first read, second, third, fourth read. And then we, you know, he's got, he's been, he's gotten better and better as the year went on as far as taking off and running. That's become a real, real weapon now. Um, he's running more and more. So, yeah, um, which I think it's just, just a blessing that we, we got to witness it as LSU fans because we definitely didn't, weren't talking about this uh, before the season started. No, we weren't. And, and look, we were kind of questioning multiple things. I, I look at this game and I look at what Clyde did. Uh, you know, 15 carries for 57 yards. I thought he had a good game. He, look, he didn't put up over 100, but you also have to remember that. What, look at what he did in the passing game. Seven catches for 61 yards. He eclipsed 100 yards on the day. And that's what's big, Josh, because they're able to get Clyde the ball in space. And that's what's important with this offense. As you look at Georgia, Georgia has a really good defensive line. Look, we talked about it. I thought LSU's offensive line played well against them. But you don't have what Georgia's offensive line has, you know, if you have Georgia's offensive line, then you look at Clyde's 57 yards and say, Oh, Clyde had a bad, uh, bad day on the ground. But to me, it wasn't as much about that. And if I want to say anything about the running game, what was it like watching Chris Curry at the end of the game, just bulldoze people? (laughs) Hey, this is what I had watching the game. And, uh, I had a uh, my brother-in-law's a Georgia fan, and he said, "Man, you you guys roll out your fifth running back or your tenth running back, and he is looks like an all-world five-star." So I like the fact that now we're kind of getting back to the old LSU days, right? We're we're getting deeper at all these positions, and uh, you know, Chris looked good. Maybe you can convince him to stick around because I think he's starting to really, you know, really uh, shape there, and maybe somebody we could use next year. Yeah, uh, I think that he's somebody that could be used next year. Not sure what he ends up doing, especially with some recruiting that we'll talk about in a little bit. But, mm-hmm. Josh, uh, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the receivers. Um, look, I, I thought that uh, a guy like Terrace Marshall had a good game. Yes, he mm-hmm. had the one drop where it would have been a third touchdown for him. Um, but other than that, he had a, a good game. Justin Jefferson, 115 yards, seven receptions with a touchdown as well, put in a good game. You look at a guy like Jamar Chase. Only three receptions, 41 yards. Yes, he had a touchdown, but you have to know this. Guy was sick. That's why you saw a lot of Derek Dillon. You saw Ray McMath in this game. It was because uh, Jamar Chase was sick. He had to get an IV during the game, or it was either after the game. But uh, Jamar was still able to go out there and make an impact. It, it just continues to show, look, Georgia's got a better defensive backfield than what Auburn has. They tried to run a similar 3-1-7 against LSU like Auburn did. Yeah. And- Joe had the quote saying, look, we game plan, we watch film, we expect to see certain looks, and every single week we haven't seen looks. It might be better for me not to even watch film. And it's kind of (laughs) 
so many defenses are th- trying to throw new curveballs to this team. And you look, you know, early in the game, LSU puts up 14 points in the first quarter. They were able to just do whatever they wanted once again offensively. Yeah, no, it, it was, you know, I know the, with the three one seven, I was surprised that they came out and, and showed that look. I just thought Kirby would kind of stick more to a traditional, not traditional, but I didn't think he would go with the three one seven look because LSU seen it against Auburn. And once once they kind of had it, you know, it just they, they they got the answer for it. And I thought LSU would, you know, do what they have to do with the short passing game and, and you know, whatever they had to do to to make plays on it. You know, one thing I also noticed, Charles, you mentioned Jamar Chase and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I noticed they they put a guy like N'Kobe Dean, the all-world linebacker, um, on on Clyde, and they matched him up. They would man him up. And I think Georgia took – when you watch the film, again, they, they kind of took that aspect. We're going to try to take a couple guys out. Jamar Chase, if you know, if they had to put a guy over the top. But, man, had, being as deep as LSU is, I think it showed a lot in this game. You know, Joe said, okay. You want to take out Clyde? You want to put a couple extra guys on Chase or whatever you have to do? You want to spy Clyde out the backfield? No problem. You know, I, I, Terrence Marshall, my third receiver, is better than anybody you got. And, you know, that, and, and that's what he did. He went to the guys that were open. He hit Jefferson. So you can tell when they tried to take a couple guys out. But LSU is, is so talented across the board. Terrence Marshall is a lot better than the Georgia's, you know, fourth and fifth cornerback. And, you know, he, he showed that. Well, let's flip it. I mean, Josh, we know what this offense can do. We'll talk more about this offense uh, coming up whenever we get into breaking down the Oklahoma uh, matchup. We talked about the Heisman, so let's flip it to defense and talk about the impressive day. We talked about the 61 yards, Josh, but let's talk about the play of the linebackers. Mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Queen uh, and Damone Clark, I thought, played really well. Um, You know, Patrick Queen had six tackles. Uh, had a sack and a tackle for loss. And that's where I get into what Aranda was able to do in this game. He was able to move guys around. He was able to send new looks. And he's going to be able to do this in the playoffs. I think that you're going to see the professor really get into his pocket uh, in his, you know, his tricks. And he's going to pull some things out in some of these matchups to give LSU an advantage. And an advantage LSU had, and something O's been talking about all year, is a turnover difference. LSU was plus two. They didn't turn the ball over. They had the two interceptions. But whether it, it would be the play of the safeties, who I tell you what, talk about the safeties, Jacoby Stevens, once again, ton of tackles. And, and Grant <laughs> Delpit was able to play like Grant Delpit this week. You saw yeah. him moving around on that ankle, and, and that's huge, Josh. To have him in the box, to be able to come and blitz and, and make plays at the line of scrimmage and in, in the coverage as well. I, I'm excited to see what this defense can do tackling an Oklahoma offense, but you saw what they were able to do against Georgia. And Georgia isn't just, you know, a run-of-the-mill offense. They're talented. And this is the number four team that the committee thought about keeping it for because in their eyes, I think they thought they were still the fourth-best team in the country. Yeah, no, I, I think they, they absolutely look at that at part of it. You know, Oklahoma slips in there at four. But, yeah, the defense is – like we said at the beginning of the show, it's really starting to hit its stride and it's showing on the field. I think, and that comes with time too. A guy like Patrick Queen, you know what I mean? He, uh, a Devin White was playing there, you know, a legend at LSU, you know. So Queen, as the weeks went on, and and Clark as well, you can see now they're they just look like they they know what's going on, you know. It's, it's they don't have to think anymore, you know. And that's a big part of football is is when you can just play and you can react. And you don't have to think so much. And Patrick Queen, man, he, he's just really been hitting his stride. And what that does, it allows Coach Aranda, like you said, you know, with that 
as smart as he is, he can actually go into the bag of tricks and actually start sending guys, you know, on blitzes. And it's just looked like it's, it's really hitting his stride. It's, and it's, they, it's like they're playing with that extra step. I, I know Coach O says they block out the noise, but I'm telling you, they've seen all the talk. They've seen all, all the, no doubt. you know, yeah, they can't stop the run. Believe me, a lot of them follow me on Twitter. They've seen it, okay? So I know for a fact. But I think in a lot of aspects, that was a good thing. I said it. You know what? They're tired of hearing it. Heard from a couple of them that, you know, just watch. Just watch. I got that from a couple of them. So, yeah, I mean, LSU's got NFL talent. They just had, a, they had to take care of business, especially – I think it's a mental aspect of it, right? We know LSU's got a lot of NFL guys on on the field. So to be able to see this defense kind of play how we thought they were going to play. That's what I keep telling people, like, oh, LSU's yeah. defense is training. Man, we, we talked about for the season, it was, you know, probably going to be a top 10 defense. I think you're, you're truly seeing that now. With a guy like Chase on again, had another real nice game. Mm-hmm. And, I was, about, I was yeah. about to bring him up, you know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I thought that LSU would have a good defense. I'm not sure if I thought top 10, but I thought a lot better than what we had seen this year. Yeah, you no, know, absolutely, yeah. And you throw out the Ole Miss game because you look at Ole Miss, it was 31-7 after halftime. And, and Coach O comes on TV and he says, we score one more touchdown, we're taking Joe out. <laughs> and it's like they kind of had a lapse in terms of, you know, carrying what happened and, and Ole Miss wanted to come and, and put some you know, some yardage up and they were able to. Look, Ole Miss's offense, it's a shame. We're, we're going to get into talking about coaching, but it's a shame that, you know, they fired Luke because I thought what he had going with Plumlee was, was good. But – I think this defense, the health is the biggest thing. Once no, they start getting yeah. healthy, you know, they can progress. And you talk about a guy like Chase Hall who had uh, a sack, a tackle for loss, mm-hmm. and a pass defense as well as yep. a keep hurry. That's the versatility in a guy that's going to play well at the next level. And it's, you know, it's something that I think that with what LSU can do going forward, moving a guy like him around and mm-hmm. having, having a healthy defensive line is huge. That rest Rashard Lawrence got after that Texas game is big because he's he's healthy now. You've seen Rashard Lawrence for the first time in his career at this point of the year healthy. And yeah. it's big. It's big because it's really going to help. And, look, we talked about, uh, you know, I kind of brought up the play of the defensive tackles earlier, but the whole defensive line as a whole, I, I'm, I was very impressed with what they did this weekend. Heck, yeah, man. I thought it was there probably, you know, we keep saying it. Look, every week it's just – probably been the, you know the most complete game they played all season we continue now we're, we're stacking up weeks you know Charles so now it's, it's three weeks in a row see Chase on now he showed up three weeks in a row you know three games in a row making plays and I think yeah they, it's they're trending right at the right time for LSU I just I think about like you made a good point about how they can move him around right and uh, you got a Marcel Brooks who might not necessarily get a sack but he's coming off the edge and he's coming off 100 miles an hour you know and that allows a guy like Chase on now you got two guys bringing heat. You can bring a blitz. You got a guy like Jacoby Stevens, Grant Delpit. They sent on a blitz. It's just you see it. You, you know, it's kind of what we like. We talked about what we 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 see at the beginning of the season. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's here. They're twelve and zero, and yeah. you know they're hitting their stride now. So um, I, I like it. Well, just think about their pass rushing package. You know, Rashard Lawrence, Glenn Logan come off the field, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden guys like Marcel Brooks come in. You know, you see Chase on out there, and it's like there's a lot of speed. And with what Aranda can do, he can send in that safety and have those guys take off. Look, I, I saw a play, and Cole Kublik tweeted it out, where yeah. uh, Patrick Queen comes in and just takes out uh, the defensive lineman, frees up Ica, and he has a free QB hurry. Uh, you know, it wasn't recorded as that, but he put pressure on the quarterback there. 
And it's things like that, that you're going to see going forward. Now let's talk about what we need to talk about the most, Josh, and that's the play of our cornerbacks. Um, you haven't heard Christian Fulton all year, and there's a reason. Look, we, we put out his stats. I know I've retweeted Cody Worsham's stuff a lot because he's been keeping track of how well Fulton's been playing, and there's a reason that Georgia didn't target him. Uh, they, they went after Stingley, and teams have done it all year long, and he answered the, he answered the call. I mean, and then some, because his two picks, you know, the one in the end zone, I think Georgia thought they had a touchdown. You know, Georgia fans were celebrating because they thought they had a touchdown. And they talked about it and talked about what his dad instilled in him. And that was watching the receiver's eyes, turning around and making a play on the ball. He knocked one out, and then he had two picks. And all of them were crucial moments in the game where, look, Georgia can be going into halftime down 17-10. It might be a different game, Josh. Yeah, no, I think it, it definitely could have been. I said it before this game that LSU now has the capability with these two cornerbacks to lock up on receivers. Yeah, you know, we're in a day and age where people are throwing the ball a lot. They're going to make some plays. The other team's going to make some plays just because it's the nature of the business nowadays. But, man, you have the opportunity with Fulton and Stingley to lock up on their wide receivers and make it hard for them guys to make plays. You've seen Stingley, like you said, had to break up in the end zone. Man, that was a hell of a play. Also, the, the first inter- interception, I've I, I seen that play develop. I was like, man, I think he can make a play on this. But I thought the ball had got on him too much. For him to be able to turn his head around and pick that ball off, I just shook my head like that. That young man's ball skills are unreal. So, yeah, just another a couple of tremendous plays for him. And then you see throughout the game, Charles, he was getting more and more confidence, right? And he was creeping up. And, I, and that's, what, that's what the real good ones do. It's creeping up and creeping up. And I say, he's going to get from again. I see it coming. And sure enough, he got him again, you know. So, that, you know, that's what, that's what the real good ones have a, a tendency to do. Uh, you know, it's like a chess match, I guess, the whole game. But, yeah, moving forward. LSU is going to need that. Look, Oklahoma's got C.D. Lamb. They, they got, you know, they got some athletes. They got some guys, that, you know, that can catch the ball and make some plays. So, boy, but, you know, when you're preparing for a team like that, Charles and Coach Aranda's going to, you know, look at whoever that is. I'm confident in both Fulton and Stingley. But when you can look at your guys and like, look, I need you to lock up on him all game. You know, we, we need to, you know, take him away. Do we have mm-hmm. to do? Man, that's such a plus as a defensive coordinator when you got not only one, you got two guys that can do that. Yeah, and look, it'll be a talking point going forward, yep. uh, especially against Oklahoma, who has one of the better receivers, if mm-hmm. not the best. Uh, he is one of the best, except for the Bulikinoff, one of the best receivers in college football. But, Josh, uh, last thing I kind of want to touch on, the, mm-hmm. the SEC championship. Uh, LSU once again wins uh, by a score of 37-10. to It is Cade York. Uh, look, he went three for four. Yes, he missed one. But once again, the guy is hitting uh, you know, field goals past 50 yards. He hit a 50-yard in this game, 50-yarder in this game, and he's been so consistent to the point of he was awarded a special teams player of the year by 247 uh, for the all-freshman team, and I think that's deservedly so. You know, I, I think what Kate York has done, the expectations after what we saw with, uh, you know, last year with mm-hmm. Cole Tracy going forward here, it's like, man, what are we going to have in a freshman? We knew he had a leg. Is he accurate? And he's been very accurate. He's been huge. And, you know, it could be an advantage come one of these games where there's a shootout going. And and LSU is at, you know, the 30-something yard line. They get stopped. And it's like, do we go for it or do we kick a field goal? They feel comfortable with Cade York. Yeah, that's nice to see, man. And that works. And now 
know, Coach O can scheme around that. That's big, man. I know we don't talk about it a lot, but like you said, you got the 30-yard 30, 30 line, 28, 30, you know, wherever you're at right there. But now you can kind of scheme for it. If you got a third and long, you're like, look, guys, let's just – let's play for the field goal here. We need to get a few yards. Uh, it's just nice knowing you have a kicker like that with the leg and he's, you know, been, you know, pretty accurate all, all season. Um, look, I, I was one of the guys that I, I criticized them before the season even start. I wouldn't say criticize because nothing to criticize them about, but I just was skeptical. Like you said, we got a freshman, you know, called Tracy last year. And, you know, early on, you've seen the early in the season, he had a, a couple kicks there where, but man, he has really, is really, you know, trended well. Now you get into the point where he walked out on the field and I'm like, you know, yeah, it's, he's going to make this kick and his leg, man, he's hitting them 50 yarders, 51 yards. And it's hitting the back of the net. I mean, it's probably good for six, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, to me, I bet he's be he's pretty confident in that fifty-eight to sixty-yard range if he, you know, if we had to. And like you said, maybe not against Oklahoma. Uh, we won't get into all that. But I think the national championship game, whoever that is, and if, especially if it's Clemson, it could be one of them type shootout games that I think a guy like that could be the difference, you know, in winning winning the national championship or not. Yeah, Josh, I agree with you there. But uh, let's move on. You mm-hmm. know, LSU has kind of moved on as well, as you saw the. Uh, rankings come out, and LSU was the only team that had a quiet football ops. And the reason for that being is the coaching staff is on the road trying to recruit the best players in the country, as um, Coach O puts it. But, Josh, before we get into that, I kind of want to just get your thoughts on the coaching hires in the SEC. As Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Missouri had openings, Ole Miss ends up getting Lane. We'll save him for last. Um, Missouri gets Elijah Drinkwitz from App State, and Arkansas hired – uh, Georgia offensive line coach Sam Pittman. The Drinkwitz, uh, there's a lot of unner- unknown there, in my opinion, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I thought he had a good season with App State. And, and you know, with Arkansas, Sam Pittman, man, that that is a colorful man. He's going to make media days really fun. I actually <laughs> kind of like that hire there. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I looking at those three hires, and like I said, we'll talk about Lane in a minute. But as far as the – Missouri hire and they go get the app state head coach i think that's going to be kind of a boomer bust type right there charles and i, I just think he, you've seen what he's done offensively there and you know he, he's mm-hmm. they've played well you know and, and they really have yeah. i just think it, how it, much better is he than odom yeah we talked about that yeah. I, I don't know if he's a huge improvement yeah I, that's why i think i think they're looking at it as you know let's let's take this risk I, a guy like Joe Brady, you know what I mean? What he did at LSU, maybe they're trying to stay ahead of the game. Maybe we can catch a Joe Brady as it was happening at App State, bring him into Missouri. Maybe he can bring in that type of offense. You know, I just, for them to, I like Barry Odom. For him to go away, you hire, he's only been a head coach at App State for one year. You bring him in. But you know what? We don't know, man. Some of these young guys and some of these young coaches, we see with Sean McVay in the NFL, it, it might work out. Maybe that's what Missouri needs. So I, I won't really you know, get on it too much. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I, look, we do know that in today's football, Missouri, Missouri's going to need an offense. They're going to need to score points. And I think yep. that's what they went out and did. They went a guy that they know at goes to App State, scores a ton of points, you know, a ton of yards. So, look, I, I get it. Now, Sam Pittman on the other end, I know you said you kind of like it. I think it's a safe hire. Yeah. Um, I just Well, they were about to promote from within. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I don't want to do that. I think it, if anything, it kind of hurt Georgia. You know? Oh I yeah, it definitely did. They lost the five star, mm. and he's going. He's going to Arkansas. 
you know? Yeah, no, I, I said that last night. I tweeted that out just to pay attention to that. Not that LSU, not that LSU was going to get anything, but look, when uh, the news broke, I always contact my brother-in-law because, like I said, he's a diehard Georgia guy. And I said, hey, Sam Pittman's headed to here. He's like, what? What? No, I mean, so he was one of them, uh, Frank Wilson for LSU, you know, he's like, man, he's like, he recruited so good for Georgia. So, yeah, I think it's it hurt a lot of Georgia fans, the fact that he's headed to Arkansas. Now, Arkansas is getting, I think he's getting a, they're getting a safe hire. I don't know, Charles, if he's going to be the guy to turn around Arkansas, but he could be that bridging the gap type guy maybe that they need. Uh, and maybe, you know, he, he brings be able to get that team back to winning six, seven games, and you know, maybe that next hire. I, I don't know, but I think Sam was a safe hire. He wouldn't have been my hire, but the hire within. Did you hear any names that they were looking at to hire within? I didn't hear any names. They were looking at promoting the guy that they had as interim. And I, oh, the interim guy. Okay. If they would have the done interim. that. It would have kind of been – I mean, I, I heard they were told no a lot, you know. Uh, I, I imagine they did. I mean, I, you got to look at a program like that. No, that's good. But Sam was at Arkansas once before, and I don't think he left on good terms, if I, I remember. Not good terms in that way, but I think he was – I think he was fired or that staff was fired. But, yeah, I mean, I get it. Arkansas mm-hmm. guy. You know, Arkansas guy, he was – it, I think it was a safe hire. I think he'll do okay there. I just don't know so, if Sam will be the guy to turn around. Similar to O, right? You know, yeah. he's coming in. He's a position coach. He's good at recruiting. He's a big personality. I mean, yeah. out of the personalities, like, yeah, Lane Kiffin's huge. And we're about to talk about him. But out of the three, in terms of in a room who commands it, he commands the room to me. Yeah, no. Let me say this real quick. That, that I was saying the, kind of the same things I'm saying about Sam. I was saying about Coach O. I like the hire, but I was kind of, man, I think he'll be okay, but I don't know if he's a guy to, to – so I was saying those exact same things about O, and you see where LSU's at. So, you know, may, maybe Sam is the guy. But, you know, I, I think in terms of jobs, you know, Arkansas was last, right? I yeah. think they got a better hire than Missouri, and I may be taking that back, but looking at it from the outside perspective, I like what Arkansas did going forward more than I like what Missouri did. And look, LSU will be playing Missouri in a few years um, because that's on their rotation. But they do face mm-hmm. Arkansas every year. And a big thing is LSU is going to be fighting over Arkansas for commits from Louisiana. And you bring in a guy that is committing guys to or getting guys to commit to Arkansas rather than UGA. Proximity comes into play, especially in North Louisiana. And not only that, you know, you're you have another school that's recruiting. And so that takes us to Lane Kiffin, because I think Ole Miss uh, right now, they hit it out of the park. And, I mean, they hit a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth to win the game. Uh, because I think Lane Kiffin's a great hire. But here's the thing. I think Lane Kiffin is a boomer bust. It's oh, either yeah. going to be t- terrible in three years, or he's going to beat Alabama once or twice in the next three years. No, look, I like what he did at, at uh, Florida Atlantic. Look, he went to FAU, and I heard so many people like, you know, oh, that's bottom of the barrel. Look what he did. He said FAU, and he kind of got laughed at. But you, if you look at what Lane was doing, I think he had a, he wanted to prove a point. He went to FAU, won you know conference championship two of the last three years. That team, a lot of people you know, like uh, that, that most of them you know he played football. That that team played football. So for what he was able to do and get that program up to where it's at now, um, you know, it got to the point, Charles, where I would see FAU on a schedule of a team, you know. And they got credit. I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, FAU's a solid program now. And if he could come to Ole Miss and kind of give that that same mentality, kind of get it back up to where we know it could be. And like you said, Matt Luke, uh, where Luke had him, it wasn't 
wasn't real bad. You know, we, well, I wouldn't have been surprised if he, if he uh, would have came back. But I'm interested to see what Lane does with the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. There. You know, John Wright Plumley, who's a dynamic, athletic guy. Uh, Matt Corral, that more of a passer guy. So I'm curious to see what he's going to do with that situation. I, I, I think Plumlee's going to progress. I think Plumlee's going to get better. You, I mean, you may have a Taysom Hill running uh, a system over there, but cool. Ole Miss is going to go to a bowl game next year, in my opinion. No, yeah. no doubt in my mind. And I think that you don't lose that many recruits. You don't lose that many guys in the building because of Lane. You yeah, went no. out to target, and to be honest, for Ole Miss, Josh, he looks like he is just a guy in the Grove. I mean, that's true. That (laughs) that idea, the mindset so well. Uh, I've got a buddy that works for Red Cup, uh, the SB Nation site over there, Mm -hmm. and he loves the hire. He is so happy. That school, if anything, Josh, that program's rejuvenized. And Luke, there were fans that, you know, in the background didn't like it. And in this case, I think everyone's on board. Um, I think that the lane train is coming, and I think that he's going to be an issue for LSU going forward, especially in, in terms of recruiting in Mississippi. But if anything, he's going to be bothering Nick Saban more than uh, what, what Ole Miss has done uh, the past three to four years. So I look at that as a good thing, but at the same time, we have to face him. So, um, look, I hope Lane does well. I, you know, I, I think that the SEC West is better. When you have more than just one other team besides Alabama and LSU, that's good because a is garbage. Um, I'll regret that next year. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with Auburn just kind of sitting around being a top 10 team, I think Ole Miss is going to creep in the top 25, not, not next year, the year after. And I see Ole Miss uh, going on a, a bull run for a while and, and being a quality team uh, going forward. I, I don't think they lose much in recruiting either, Josh. I think that – uh, Ole Miss actually brings an even better class than they were expecting with Luke, uh, especially on that offensive side. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. But let's move on from uh, Ole Miss's recruiting to talk about LSU's recruiting. Uh, Coach O said this past weekend, like this is the first time Coach O, as the head coach, has had to game plan and coach this week, go to Atlanta uh, a few days earlier, do the whole media circus, while guys like Nick Saban – we're on the recruiting trail. So he said he's going to be visiting 18 to 22 guys. It probably will be more. And uh, he, he had the sound bit of he's going to have 18 to 22 gumbos this week. But, yeah. look, you, you saw it. He was recruiting a guy like Roy. He was doing in-home on uh, Sunday rather than, you know, being at football ops with the team. This yep. team's focused, but so is this coaching staff in terms of recruiting. They're going to be hitting the trail hard, and, and they're looking at, at that, like a recording December 9th tonight. Nine days away from that early signing day, and it's big. It's really big for LSU to get as many guys as they can that they want in that in this recruiting class to ink on paper or pen to paper uh, come the 18th. Yeah, I would tell fans, look, the, you know, I know there's a lot of people that pay attention to recruiting, and we've, you know, both of us, Charles, we get a lot of, well, who's LSU? You know, who they're going to process? who they're going to, you know, who's going to be actually be in this class. Pay attention to where Coach O is going in home right now. Charles just mentioned, what, nine days? Pay attention where he's at right now. You've seen him in the, in the home of – with him and Engineer at the home of T.J. Finley, um, you know, Roy, that you can kind of start getting a feel for how what this class is going to really look like because I do think LSU is going to process a few more guys. It's just going to happen. I heard today there's probably 29, Charles, now I heard it's 29 to 31 guys – that they would take 
that they're going to have to figure out how to work the numbers. So you're talking about processing if they had it their way in a perfect way that they probably want to process another five guys. But I don't know if that's going to happen because, you know, you commit yourself to, the, to these families and these guys might only end up being two or three more. We'll have to see how it plays out. But, yeah, because of where LSU's at, Charles, I heard today, 29 to 31 guys that, you know what I mean, that they would really truly take. Man, that's as much as it, it, it's, it stinks that it's actually really good for, for the fact that LSU has to choose between, hey, do we want this five-star or do we want this five-star, okay? So that's where we've been wanting to get. We want to get to the Alabama level, and I think we're right there. We're knocking on the door. You know, we need to keep this play up, you know, rolling in, into next year. Uh, you see that, Charles, he was with at uh, Moy Kennedy, um, the, the five-star linebacker um, out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. He went and visited him today with his coach, and there's been a few little, you know, oh, could LSU get him, get him to flip? I don't think he more than likely he doesn't flip. There hadn't really been too much, you know, talk about that. But I like his the fact would, that he's there. Yes, that's at what I was saying. Lunch time and is taking big. swings at the five star. Look, he goes in. He made it a point. I want you know. T- let's take a picture. The head coaches of the football teams, you know, posting it out there. I think where O knows where this program's at right now in recruiting. And I know Nick Saban's a legend, but you know what? We're making our own history, and LSU's a top team in the country right now. I'm going to one of your best players in your class. I'm going to talk to him. We're going to take pictures, and let, I want to let him know. Not, it's, see, that's only, it's, it's a chess game. And not only that, I might not get him, but I want to see all these other kids that want me to see Coach O is in Alabama, and he's talking to the best linebacker in the state. Uh, that that plays into it. And Coach O is such a good recruiter. Believe me, he knows that. He wants to take these pictures with these top twenty guys, you know, these four and five star guys. So yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for recruiting because I think I mean LSU's crossing into a whole new world right now. Uh, you know, with with the, the amount of talent that LSU can bring in. Uh, are we going to expect any surprises come the 18th? Uh, I mean, in terms of guys that are committed or maybe <laughs> somebody new. Um, I, I think, like I said, I think it's going to be a couple guys processed. They had some rumbling today. Um, I seen Malcolm Green, the safety out of Virginia, um, could possibly be flipping to Clemson. Nothing has been confirmed. I'm not saying he, you know, that that happened. I'm just there was a lot of talk about that that possibly could be happening. So you know, I, I do think there's going to be one or two surprises. I do think LSU land Jack Evans, the, the number one running back from Texas. You know, that's my feel right now, but we'll find out that on the second. Um, so that's another big get. I think you're going to have to they're going to have to really look at how they're going to move the numbers around, Charles. You mentioned a guy like uh, before we came on um, the Juco defensive end, Ali Gay, tweet out that he's shutting his recruiting down. You see these kids like LSU's got the they got the leverage right now, Charles. You see a lot of kids for LSU involved with it. Hey, I'm shutting my recruiting down. I want in. I want in. You know what I mean? So I, I don't want to be processed. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're seeing some of this. And I think LSU's got the leverage with that, which is a tremendous thing to have. Um, you know, we'll just have to see who else is, if they do process anymore. A guy like Philip Webb, who's trending to LSU, um, the outside linebacker gives us another edge rusher, and we need pass rushers. I think he ends up committing to LSU as well. So stay tuned in the next nine it, days. Is he an early signing period guy, or is he uh, more of a January guy? 
Noah, I, I, he, I think he said December 18th. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's early if I remember right, Charles. So yeah, it, I, I didn't, couldn't remember if I, I thought I saw that he said he was announcing on the 18th. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if I remember, yeah, unless I'm thinking, no, cause I'm pretty sure he said the 18th. So, um, LSU could be getting a lot of good news here, you know, in the next eight or nine days. Yeah. LSU could be bolstering this class even more, uh, ends up dropping below Alabama by 0.2. Um, yeah. I mean, you get a guy like, uh, Philip Webb. Uh, to join your re- recruiting class, you know, you get a guy like Zach Evans and, you know, a guy like Dumerville, uh, you're set, you know, <laughs> you're, mm-hmm. you're set. You're going to have a really good recruiting class. And maybe you get a surprise and you get a guy like Jordan Birch, who, uh, you know, we've been hearing some rumblings about. But, Josh, look, an exciting time. Uh, we've got some time off. Uh, going to have another interview, I think, this week. Um, if everything works out, if not, uh, we'll be watching the recruiting. Because that's big this week. Got a Heisman Trophy presentation on Saturday. Yep. And Josh, in terms of recruiting, I know we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be Carson Palmer for LSU. I think that you win a Heisman Trophy, which LSU will. You know, you might as well just build a statue now because I think that Joe Burrow's already won it. I think that's going to go down, go throughout history in the next five, ten years. LSU's going to have some damn good quarterbacks, some really good <laughs> offensive players, and I see them winning not one, but maybe two or three in the next ten years, just like <sighs> USC, you know, yeah, because yeah. one gets the ball rolling, and that's what's going on right now. You know, hey, we talked about it too. Okay, who was on that staff during that time, right? It, 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 like I said earlier, Coach O was on that staff during that time, and you could kind of feel – that's where he learned a lot of that from Pete Carroll. And he learned, you could tell it, he's, it's got a lot of those same, you know, inputs into this program because it was very successful program. And, you know, Pete Carroll could have stayed there probably for as long as he wanted to and keep winning. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that, Charles, that you, you, you know, you couldn't see kind of what USC did and, you know, uh, just LSU, you got to make sure they keep themselves out of trouble. But let me say this real quick about, uh, about recruiting. I, I think, as we move forward in the 2021, when you look at the, the state of Louisiana, Charles, for 21, it's not the most talented year, uh, you know, in state. They got a couple nice guys, you know, a Mason Smith, who I think is going to be an amazing player, five-star defensive tackle, you know, Sage Ryan, who Chris Hilton, I'm going down the list here, looking at a couple of these guys that are solid, but it's not real deep. But it's, but I think it's important. Coach O already Top made it known. That he's going to come heavy. out nationally and, and recruit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just think Louisiana's top-heavy. You know? Yes, yes, yes. Very top-heavy. Very top-heavy. Once you get kind of past Charles, when you really – I was looking at it last couple of days, you kind of get out of that top eight or ten. It's not real deep. So, I think – but, oh, being able to go out nationally and let it be known that LSU is going to recruit nationally is big. He thinks ahead. You know, this is his job full-time. He gets paid a lot of money to do it probably seen this, you know, he's looking at this and saying 21 to the top heavy, but not real deep. You know, let's get out nationally and, you know, start meeting some of these coaches and let them know that LSU's here, especially in the DC area. What LSU is going to do out of that area? You know, it's, it's always a talented area. So yeah, that's a, that's a good Josh, job. Josh, by o. Josh, Josh alluding to things about the DC area, but Hey, look, <laughs> guys, we're not going to say any secrets yet, but y'all make sure y'all, y'all stay tuned because something should be dropping uh, yeah. shortly. But um, you look at the top five for next year, 2021, all five are the top 77 in terms of national ranking. And yeah. it's one of those years where, look, yeah, you're going to get guys at positions of need throughout the rest. You know, you've got some talented receivers further down. 
But, I mean, uh, that receiver from Zachary, Chris Hilton, I think he ends up at LSU. Yeah. He's very talented. Not the tallest guy, but very, very talented. And um, Mason Smith, that's a man. Yeah, you know? he's he, he's a different – he's a Glenn Dorsey. He, you know what I say is he's got that uh, he's got that potential to be as good. I watch him, Charles, and I'm like, goodness. So, yeah, LSU needs to lock. It looks like he's all LSU. Uh, Bryant, let me – I was talking to Mike Scarborough the other day, and we are talking about this, this wide receiver class. And he really likes Brian Thomas Jr. He said a lot of people talk about Chris Hilton. The size of Brian Thomas was six yeah. 185. Yeah, you Mike can't. said he would choose he would choose Brian over Chris if he if he had his choice. And he thinks he's gonna be more of like a Terrence Terrence Marshall, but with a little bit more speed and quickness. So, you know, mm-hmm. I listen been Mike's I, guy knows talent. So yeah, I like hearing that. If I were to pick now, I'd say LSU gets both. Uh Chris not only in, in, in football, but track as well. Um, he's a fast guy. You know, I think that he has potential to do that. And, and look, in, in terms of Chris with what he has talent-wise, look, 247 has him as the best player in the state. Yeah. That, they have him as the 14th player overall in the country. And, you know, at 14, it, you know, when they release the next ranking, he's a five-star, you know? Yep. He's, re- he's really, really talented. Doesn't have the size. But you've seen it. You don't always need that. I mean, look at a guy like Coy Moore coming in this year in this year's class. He's a slot guy. Yeah. I think that's where Chris Hilton can play. You know, you look at a guy like Jared Judy, he's not the biggest guy, but he's fast. You can't teach speed. That's something uh, LSU should be looking forward to. Uh, the, and look, we'll be looking forward to that 2021 classes. We're hearing rumblings, and we're hearing some guys that, you know, should be announcing soon. But that class is wide open. It's not like last year where there were a lot of guys already locked up. LSU mm-hmm. – is left it open on purpose because you're seeing what's yes. going on in this year's class. Yes. Are you getting all this talent wanting to jump on? Same mm-hmm. thing's happening for 2021, and it's really happening for 2022. So uh, don't be surprised if you see one, if not two, five-star type of quarterbacks come to LSU next year. Uh, it's very possible, and I think it happens. But, uh, Josh, it's an exciting time. We've been saying yep. that all year. Uh, don't take this time for granted. You know, if you've got kids, make sure they appreciate what's going on right now because – I look back growing up what happened in 2003, 2007, and I still remember so much of that uh, as I was growing up. It's one of those times where you never know when else you'll be back in, at this position. It may never happen again, so enjoy it while it lasts because it could be over, but I think this is just the beginning of what Coach O is going to do. Uh, Coach O has won the uh, last thing we'll do is Coach O has won the SEC Coach of the Year, um, and then LSU had a slew of guys on the AP first team. Uh, and second team. So LSU is getting the awards, the uh, the recognition they deserve, and they'll be getting their second Heisman Trophy on Saturday night. Yeah, I know. It, it just overall, like you said, I'm glad you brought that up. Just enjoy this because I do think it's the beginning of you know something good for LSU. You've seen O's been slowly building, but this is a this is a, a different type of good. You know, I got a lot of guys that are Alabama fans I know, and I talk to them, and they're like, "Man, LSU's having a special special year." And those guys have a lot of success you know, recently. And for them to say that and say, man, I mean, LSU is having some serious, you know, year and it's enjoy it. So yeah, definitely, definitely need to enjoy it. But I do think what coach O has done with the talent he had, don't get me wrong. LSU is very talented and they got a, a lot of talent that are recruited, but to be able to do, you know, keep this mindset and kind of take that one, one notch up in talent, like you mentioned, LSU might be getting a couple five-star quarterbacks. A guy like Caleb Williams is is interested in LSU. 
man, it just makes it that much easier. You're not stressing about who's playing quarterback three months before the season starts. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, it's. I think LSU can get to a, a another level, an Alabama level, kind of Claire Clemson sitting now. So I think LSU's right there. So they're knocking on the door. You just got to keep being consistent. Yeah, and you're on a national scale. I mean, you're yep. pushing a team like Ohio State kind of out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Georgia, you know, a little further back, and M's coming, and it's like you've got some powerhouse recruiting going on, and LSU's right there is is one of the top programs. But uh, that wraps it up as LSU yeah. wins the SEC championship. Uh, like I said, you'll get a second Heisman winner, and then uh, we'll be looking forward to breaking down that Oklahoma game as it gets closer. Uh, and as always, we'll have a guest, and Josh will join me. Uh, but if you haven't done so yet, make sure you check out the interview that dropped out yesterday. Is uh, Will Stout. He is the guy behind the videos, um, the hype videos. They dropped another one tonight as uh, you have Burrow, Boozy, and, uh, and the Badger, the three Bs on a video together, and it was electric, probably the best one I've seen yet. But yeah. um, for Josh Samoyne, my name is Charles Reese. LSU is the 2019 SEC champs. So it's kind of crazy to think about. But uh, as always, God bless.